What's going on guys? So excited to do this first sponsorship with the podcast. I've known this kid for a long time. I shouldn't say kid because he's older than me, but I've known this guy for a long time. Been friends for a long time. Goes all the way back to Pee Wee football together. Uh, went to the same high school together. He's been doing some fantastic things in his field over the past couple of years. And I am could not be more excited to get this sponsorship underway. So, let's do it. Today's episode of Molding the Mindset is brought to you by Petrosky Physio. Nick Petrosky is a doctor of physical therapy with a specialization in athletic and fitness-related injuries. Practicing in the greater Philadelphia area, Dr. Petrosky can alleviate pain and help rehabilitate your injury by using a combination of techniques that include things like dry needling and soft tissue work within as little as four weeks. You can reach out to him today. Today, you can reach out to him for, con- for a free consultation on your injury. If you've been having some pain, if you're in the gym and you, you think you tweak something but you're not too sure, you think it might go away, no, don't do that. Reach out to him. He'll help you. He will get you on the right path. He will get you pointed in the right direction. You can reach out to him by emailing him at Petrosky Physio. That's P-E-T-R-O-S-K-I, Petrosky Physio at gmail.com. Or you can DM him on all social media platforms at Petrosky Physio. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Petrosky Physio. Reach out, get a free consultation on your injury or nagging injury. If you're an athlete and, for instance, let's say you play baseball, you are a pitcher, you have some elbow inflammation, you have anything, um, you know, shoulder soreness, you're going to want to reach out to Nick. He'll definitely be able to help you. I, myself, had, had, have had experience with Nick a couple of months ago. I had a slap tear in my labral. I was in the gym, I was doing incline uh, dumbbell press, and I turned my palm out the wrong way, and, my, and I felt something, you know, something went wrong. Gave it a week, tried getting back in, and there was still a sharp shooting pain in my shoulder. I reached out to Nick for some help, went to him, and he diagnosed me within the first session and put my arm through torture. I mean, he turned it left, right, up, so I don't even know what he did. I just remember going, yep, nope. Right there. Yep, that's what hurts. And from his experience with working with athletes, he was able to say, I see this, you know, it's pretty common. I've seen this before. I think this is what you have, right? Some people might go, well, I'm going to go to a doctor. You can definitely go that route. But I trusted Nick. I've known Nick for a long time. I went with it, stuck with it. He gave me some exercises just to get it going. The second week we came in, worked on some more exercises, worked and focused around the muscles around that injury to strengthen those. And now, three months later, I am back in the gym full-time with no hesitation, no limitations, and it was all through Nick's ability to diagnose and then rehabilitate my injury. So I strongly suggest if you have any injuries, you reach out to him for a free consultation, and he'll be able to help you. Again, that is at Petrosky. Physio on all social media. 
or by emailing him at petrovskyphysio at gmail.com. And that's P-E-T-R-O-S-K-I-P-H-Y-S-I-O, petrovskyphysio at gmail.com or petrovskyphysio on all social media platforms. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Molding the Mindset. I'm joined today by the seaman himself, Mr. Mike Ginley. And Mr. And I, Mr. is like my thing now, by the way. I don't know. I say Mr. every time I introduce someone, apparently. But <laughs> what, what's going on, dude? What's up, buddy? Nothing, Rick man. Nothing. How, how, how's Mississippi? How's Mississippi treating you, bud? Bro, so we're in the middle of nowhere. Um, okay. But it's good, man. It's, it's, it's a lot different than Philly, obviously. Uh, tornado season's a real thing down here. We just had six in one night the other day, so work's been six, pretty busy. <laughs> six in one night. Now, did six tornadoes actually touch down, or was it six tornado warnings? So we had six actual funnels uh, with three that actually touched down, and the other three uh, never made it fully to the ground, but uh, it, was, it was pretty bad out here, man. <clears throat> yeah. Is there a lot of, lot of wreckage and stuff? So right down the street, actually, um, it like skipped like right over our base. Like it like touched down and then lifted back up, and then uh, touched back down. So the base was good. Uh, with, you know, a couple of trees down, stuff like that, just from the, you know, the rain and winds. But uh, you know, once once you get down outside outside of our base, it's, mm. uh, you know, trees and everything else down across the street and all that. But uh, it wasn't actually too bad uh this time around. Yeah. But uh. When I first got here, like three years ago, um, we had a tornado and literally like houses were destroyed, like right outside of base too, like the road, like adjacent to our gate, you know, you know, trail homes were, you know, blown all over the place. So definitely seen some wreckage from them, man. It's, it's a surreal thing to see. What's, yeah, I could imagine. Cause obviously being, us being from Philly, I think we, you know, we've had a couple of tornado warnings, like when Sandy hit and stuff like that. It was like tornado warnings, but we've never actually seen one touchdown. I don't think. Right. What What that experience like, dude? It's it's uh, it's just like like I said, it's like it's it's surreal. Like you don't realize how strong Mother Nature really is, and then like you actually see what the winds can do and the rain and the hail and all that. Like houses themselves are literally gone. You know that were there the day before. So mm-hmm. it's it, it's pretty it's pretty powerful, man. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I can imagine. You know, pictures. Seeing pictures are one thing, but yeah. I can imagine being in it and being involved in it and actually seeing the damage from it is much more powerful. Than oh yeah, just seeing pictures. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I and it's. I guess when that stuff happens, is that when you go in? Like, do you immediately go into action? Do you guys, or is that more of a? So, let's back up before I even before I get into that. Let's do a little back up. <laughs> Let's do a little back, just because I don't necessarily know your title, right? In the Navy. What are you? What is your title in the Navy? So I'm a Master at Arms, second class petty officer. So I'm an E5, um, basically just like military police. And then uh, my NEC, which is like my, you know, actual job, um, a canine handler. Uh, so in the okay. middle of Mississippi, doing police work that you'd see, but it's more tailored towards the base uh, rather than out in the community. So. Well, I assume so. I don't know much about your community either. So, is the is it uh, like a whole entire neighborhood like that we grew up in? Is it just just the military people? Are there other people like what's what's that community like? 
All right. So on base, we have um, obviously like active duty and reservists that stay here. But we also have retirees. So anyone that has been in the military is allowed to live, like live on our base. Um, and then right outside of our gate, there's a bunch of trailer homes. And then other than that, man, it's literally like 40 minutes into town. And so you start seeing other houses. So we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, right. So, yeah, so it's it's tight knit. Um, there's about, I want to say, 5,000 people total on our base. It's a really small base. So, very small. Yeah, really, <laughs> extremely small. Compared to, compared to where we come from, that's, a, that's you know, I'm sure it was a, was it a, was it a huge culture change for you when you went down there? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, everyone's nice. Like, when I first got here, you know, I'd be like, nice. dude, like, like, you'd be walking down the street, especially like when you go out in town and you have to go to like Walmart or whatever, like, you just have random people like smiling and saying hi and, you know, asking how your day is. And you don't get that in Philly, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you put your eyes down yeah. and keep walking. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. So I, Southern hospital, I mean, I was down in uh, Nashville at the end of April last year mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh my, I was like, Southern hospitality is, that's a real thing. Yeah, man. It, it really is. Like, you know, you always see it in movies and you think it's like outplayed and or overplayed. Mm-hmm. And then you get down here and it's literally just like that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you think like there's no way that that could actually be like no one actually acts like that, and then you're like, oh no, people actually act like right that. exactly, <laughs> which makes you want, which makes you wonder though, like, well, why is it, why is it that easy for those people and not so easy for for other people? I think it's just the culture itself because like out here, I think like everyone that you know their houses are so spread apart, you know us, our houses are right on top of each other, so we 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 have to see each other at all times, you know, and I think it's more of just like, you don't want to get bothered, <laughs> Out in te- you know, but then you get into the South and, you know, you don't mind seeing people and being nice to people because you're not bothered all the time. So you think because it's so spread out and the opportunities to interact with others is, is less compared to where we grew up where it's row homes and you're right on top of each other. Yeah. Um, you think that might, if has a player, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, I really don't see anything that's really different because, like, obviously, you know, we grew up in good homes. Um, right. we, you know, we're, we're taught how to treat people with respect, stuff like that. So, like, that doesn't change, but it's more of just, like, I think, like, people are more inclined to interact with each other down here. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that – makes, I, I get that. It makes total sense. Again, I could – I mean, I've only experienced it once, but it was definitely – it was definitely a real thing. It makes you – you know, it makes you think. But – so let's go – let's go back even a little further. So for people that don't, are not listening – Mike and I have been friends since how old? Like three or four. Three. Yeah, like three, four, four. years old. <laughs> right. And then we took then it took a break for a while because uh, I wasn't a major. Then I ended up moving to, uh, to the same school when I, when we were in fourth grade mm-hmm. and ended up living down the block from each other. And, you know, we've grown up together and been very, very close for, for the last 20 something years. Yeah. And I do owe you a huge debt of gratitude and a huge thank you. Uh, because you were sort of the first person that pushed me to want to do more. Like you were the first person that, for in the example, not even the example, the, the main thing was the gym. You know, the gym for me right now is something that gets me away from uh, my thoughts and, and, and allows me to get back on track. If I'm having a bad day, the gym, and I'm sure this is for, for other people as well, but the gym has really given me something to get away from everything. And just let all of my stress out. And if it wasn't for you pushing me to do that 
and tr- and go, yeah, we're going to the gym. Come here, come to the gym with me. Come here, come to the gym with me. Come on, you're coming to the gym with me. Then I wouldn't be. I, I don't think I would even. You know, there's a, a, a bunch of other factors, but that definitely. I don't think I would have had the courage to go to LA. I don't think I'd had the the moxie or whatever to even try and do something like a podcast or try to start an app or you know just do certain you know different things. So right, I want to thank you for that first. Yeah, you know, that that was a uh, one of the big things for me too. Once once uh, my buddy got me into into the gym, made it. That was like my my quiet place, my happy place. You know, I could get there and just put my headphones in and just clear the mind and you know just yeah. get away from everything. You know, and once once you're away from everything, your 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 plans and your ideas, it's a lot easier for them to start fermenting in your brain. You know, and that that's what I used it a lot for. You know, getting off work at three a.m., still hitting the gym. You know, nobody's there, so I can just kind of disappear into my own head while still getting a good workout in. You know. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I just saw a picture of you. You're looking thick, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> I mean that in a in a very good way. You're looking pretty solid. We're, we're eating good out here, man. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, we're eating good. You know, we got Lex always cooking me meals, so uh, you know, just throw, throwing the gym on top of that. You know, it's it's all coming together. <laughs> looking thick. I just I just showed uh, a picture of Ryan. I was like, I was like, dude, I was like, look at Mike out here looking thick. Trying to get rid of that dad bod I got over the last year. <laughs> over the last year, but it's been it's been five years. When was twenty fifteen? It's been four years. Yeah, man. Four years. It was like <laughs> it was like the first like two years in the military. I I kept it. You know, I had that V going all that, and then yeah, I got complacent and just got fat, man. I got really fat. I'm trimming back down now, though. <laughs> it happens. Hey, it happens. At least you're you know at least. It sounds like you were aware enough to catch it, right? It wasn't like you just let it go. You were like, shit, I got to change that. Well, dude, you know what it was? When I got sent down to uh, Guantanamo Bay, um, I went on the beach the one day. We were all taking pictures. And I was like, damn, I'm a meatball. And that's when, like, I really, like, hit that change. Like, all right, I got to switch it up right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. Though. That's, that's good that you were able, uh, you were able to catch that. Because um, some people just let it go and then just decide that, yeah, I'm just going to. To rock that bond, yeah, right. <laughs> that about that about's not okay. Like, take care of yourself, please. Just a little bit. Anyone yeah. who's listening, <laughs> take care of yourself. Um, so then, so I, the gym. That's how we, you know, we, we, that was sort of our. I think that was for you and I. Like that was our thing, right? Like, you know, four five times a week we were, we were going to the gym. Oh yeah, and then it sort of brought us, you know, that brought us closer together, um, and then. I think the next evolution of that was the summer that we spent on the shore together. Oh yeah, <laughs> shout out! So shout out to uh, five twenty. <laughs> shout out! Shout out to five twenty. That I look back on that time and I'm just like, oh my god! Like as much fun as I've had, and I think I'm still gonna have. Uh, I think in years to come, as, uh, as stuff starts to pan out, I think we're gonna have better times and more fun than that. But through our twenties. I'll look back on that and go, that was hands down the best summer of my 20s. Not even, that's not even close. 100%. Especially knowing that like, that was my last summer too. Like right, right before, you know, shipping out and we, yeah. we went nuts. <laughs> a, little, like, be... a little too nuts sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> time, it was, yeah. Yeah. It was like, all right, after this, we have to be adults. Okay. Let's go out with a bank. Yeah. What do we do? Okay. Let's get seven or eight people, put them in a house for a summer and see what happens. It was literally, I mean, it was literally, Real world and 
surge through all that without any cameras, and we had, and it was the best, one of the best summers. We honestly should have filmed it and sold it off. We would be millionaires right now. <laughs> God, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know who would have watched it, but it would have been a great content. <laughs> I know we would have had a good laugh out of it. I'm actually happy that we have only a little bit of pictures from that still. Man. A little bit. Happy only there's only a little bit of footage, not too much. Yeah. Dude, that was like a Christmas in July. We took out the uh, GoPro. I'm so glad that thing died. <laughs> Did it die? Was there a go? We have a GoPro. For yeah, that? I brought it out that night, and uh, it died like before we even left uh, flip flops. <laughs> oh my god! Thank God. It, that was I, I deleted all that the next day. That was that was brutal. Thank God, man. That summer, that summer was that summer was incredible. That summer was so was so much awesome. And if anyone has has been down shore for the summer, you know exactly what we're yeah. talking about. It was it's a, a unique experience. Um, so. I want to. I never. I don't think you and I ever got into this, and it was the reason you wanted to go into it. Like what? Right, because you know we had talked about. You know, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Mm-hmm. We went down the shore for the summer. Then it was like, like, oh, I'm going to the navy. I was like, I remember. I remember you telling me that. And I'm just going. What do you mean you're going to the navy? What are you talking? Mm-hmm. About? What are you talking about? Like, I gotta understand. What do you mean you're going to the navy? What? What was it that? One made you even consider it. Do you remember thinking through it? And what were, what was the why behind you wanting to go do that? Yeah. So, uh, like out of high school, I guess it was like junior year of high school. You know, I started thinking about the military as like a, you know an actual career path. And uh, you know, my family they're like, you know, you're smart. You got to go to college and all this stuff. So I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll make you guys happy. I'll just go to college. And then I got my degree, and as soon as I graduated, I got offered to manage at Nick's, and it was just like, you know, fell right into my lap. And I was like, yeah, sure, and, you know. And then I think I just started getting really complacent. And once I started getting complacent and seeing that I was getting complacent, you know, I started going back to, all right, you know, I, I need to make myself happy. It's time I start living for myself, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I, I went and took the test and all that for Philly PD, and, you know, that's a grueling process and i'm actually on the waiting list still but uh you know it was taking too long and i just needed that change so the recruiter's office was right down the street and i left work one day at lunch and walked into the marine's office and i was like hey you know i'm ready to to enlist and they're like okay not a problem you know i showed them all my tattoos and they're like now you have too many tattoos and i was like all right so i walked out (laughs) walked over to air force they said the same thing too many tattoos and then even the army said the same thing. So I was like, well, who else? And they're like, well, I'm pretty sure the Navy accepts basically anything. So I was like, all right. So I walked over there and I was like, all right, do you guys have canine handlers? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Where do I sign up? <laughs> and that was it, man. I signed the papers that day. You know, the next weekend. Really? Yeah, signed papers that day. Next weekend, freaking went down, got all my medical stuff done. And that was it. It was just a waiting game of when to go. You know, it was it was pretty easy decision for me because i knew it was what i wanted to do i just didn't have the guts to really go after in the beginning stages you know yeah no i mean you you have a great you have a great tattoo and it's i believe it's on the back of your arm and what uh is it what is it dreams dreams don't work unless you do oh yeah yeah i actually forgot that one was there (laughs) (laughs) no dude i i mean I couldn't agree more. Like I couldn't agree more with that. 
with that statement. And I, and I think, you know, you were the, for me, you were the example that, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go do this. I'm going to go do mm-hmm. this. You're the first person I saw him do that. And I think, you know, it sounds like that was so easy for you to do. Like, I don't, like, for me, I overthink everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. So, for, so like, I'm still trying to figure out, like, how you get down that path. And I, and I don't, like, it sounds like it was planted from, you know, from high school, the seed was sort of planted. And then it sort of developed into, okay, I think it's time for me to do this. Right. Right. And then you just started to, then you're like, okay, I need to jump. And you made the jump and then you, you walk, you started walking into the, you know, you took the initiative and started just walking into the offices to see where you can get into. Yeah. Um, what was, well, well, why would that's, you said the canine thing. How did you even think about that? Why was that your first option? So like, like why did you ask them? Do you guys have canine handlers? Because, uh, so after I found out that, you know, the Navy actually had canine handlers, um, I really started looking into, you know, the handlers from the past. And the first thing that really, like, even with Philly PD, my, my goal was always to, all right, become a cop and then try to get into the canine section. You know, I've always had that big passion for seeing, like, the drug dogs work. Just how, like, the dog's minds can really track down just a scent. And that scent becomes a reward for them. So mm-hmm. I was always intrigued by that. So I was like, you know, no matter what I do, I want to do something with canine. So once I found out that, uh, you know, the Navy did have canine, you know, I started looking into like past handlers and all that. And, uh, there was this one handler, uh, MA2 Michael Brodsky. He was same rank I am now, but, uh, back in 2012, he was out and, you know, they're on a dismounted patrol and their unit came under fire and handlers were supposed to just pull out and we're supposed to put our dogs up and kind of wait out the fight, you know, because we're the most biggest asset out there because we're out there looking for bombs. So he, he, re- he retreats, puts his dog up, and then he actually returned to join the fight with, you know, the rest of the brothers. And as he's returning, mm. steps on an IED and ends up losing his leg. And he survived for three weeks and then succumbed to his injuries, you know, in the hospital. And, you know, th- once I read that story, man, like he's really been my motivation since day one because, like, you know, obviously, like, we join all for different reasons and all that. But, you know, the, his story really, really sat with me. You know, even my other tattoo that I have that's on my other arm is that, you know, for those beloved, we will sacrifice. And, you know, his story right there, he, he went back to sacrifice what he had to for everyone that's back here, you know. That's a powerful message. It's a really powerful message. And that's... um what was it? What was the tattoo? Uh, for those we love, we will sacrifice. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that's that. Yeah, that story that you just told is is that perfect example of that. And even to like a lower, you know, even to a lower level, that happens daily um, for people that are not even in the army. People, you know, family comes first, and fa- and your friends, you know, the people that mean the most to you, um, mm-hmm. you'll do the most for. Yeah, that's the way it should be, right? So that that's a powerful that's a powerful message. I really like that. So you get inspired by this guy, you you enlist, and you start. That one was that May of 20, 20, 2015, 2015. right? May of, 
No, some, summer of 2015, and then it was after. It had to be 2016. It was the oh, year yeah, after yeah. that, right? Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, because yeah, I left April of 2016. Yeah. What was the exp- so? How I guess how does it how does the Navy's boot camp and and stuff like that differ from, um, you know, sort of the armies or the Marines or whatever? I'm sure the Marines or the SEALs are what is it more intense or, um, you know. What was that like? What was that experience like getting in there your first day? And then sort of, you know, as you like, you know, reflect back on that. I'm sorry. I'm having trouble asking questions right now. Not the best, yeah. not, not asking the best questions, but I'm trying. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm tracking. I'm tracking. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, so, yeah, just what was that experience like going through boot camp? You know, you, what was your walking in there your first day? What were, what were your feelings like? Yeah, man. So, so the first day, you know, you take the bus at like 3 a.m. and you, you get out to the airport fly into chicago and as soon as you get off the plane you got all these you know people screaming at you, you know get in line turn your phones off all this stuff so then you're just sitting there quiet and uh after that, this is the first oh no, i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but this is the, the first is when you land in chicago yeah it's when you land in chicago like i'm not even at the base yet like th- i literally just landed and you know as soon as you get off that plane they're right there waiting for you how many like literally like you get you go to philly you go to the Philly airport, mm-hmm. you fly to Chicago. The minute you land in Chicago, you're getting screamed at. Yeah. Like you basically like get off, you, you get off the plane and then you literally just like go to baggage and yeah. you know, they're waiting right there for you. <laughs> and and you're not the only one on that plane. It, it, I had probably 20 to 25 other uh, recruits on my plane. So, you know, it's a huge group of people all flying into Chicago at the same time. You know, and you know, this is before you even get to the base that you're getting yelled at. So it's it's a shocker right there because you're like, oh, what the fuck did I just sign up for? Oh, excuse my language. Um, <laughs> so then, uh, you know, after that, you get on the bus. Can't talk, nothing like that. It's just pure silence and, like, you're just in your head, man. Like, you're thinking, like, I definitely screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And then, uh, you know, you, you check in and they're pretty cool with you because, you know, obviously they're trying to break you in. And, you know, you're getting all your gear issued and all that. So the first week, it's really, like, structured, but not as, um, not as, like, as intense, you know? First, re- yeah, regimented. Right. Yeah. So then uh, after the first week, you actually get, like, your instructors. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there. And my, my first day, man, they walked in. And they, they just start screaming at everybody, you know, just getting in everybody's faces, ma- making a scene, trying to scare people, you know. And yeah. then uh, as, as the weeks go on, they start less, you know, being a little bit more chill with you because, you know, actually getting closer to graduation and all that. But uh, boot camp itself was it was pretty easy. It was more of a mental mental thing than anything else, you know, being away from everybody and living off of letters and all that. But the actual process of boot camp, it was it was it was kind of cake man like that's what even like people that are joining now like i tell them like listen it's literally mental like just let them scream at you do what you're told do nothing more do nothing less and you'll be fine you know did you have did you have any moment did you have any moment where you're like you know i could just go home and i'd be okay with that because like for me the minute I would have landed, and I, I don't know if you heard it out when you when you when you said it, because I I kind of said it under my breath. I was like, the minute I would have got off the plane in Chicago, and someone was like getting in my face yelling, I'd be like, can we book a flight back to Philly? I'm going back to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 
I get I don't think I really had a moment where I was like, you know what, I don't want to do this. It was yeah. more of like a oh fuck, what did I just do type of thing. But it still yeah. wanted to get through it because I didn't want to be a quitter, you know? Right. I didn't want to like, you know, go back home and be like, yeah, you know, I didn't make it after having a you know, go to away party and all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was more of just like a I'm just gonna get through these eight weeks, nine weeks, whatever it was, and then uh, you know, after that, you know, it's they even tell you, man, they're like, after boot camp, it's it's a lot different, and it really is. It's a thousand percent different. <laughs> really? So, what was your? Uh, so, you get through boot camp, mm-hmm. graduate. I remember, I remember, I remember that we uh ex- we exchanged some letters. That was pretty. That was different. Yeah, um, having to exchange letters, not be able to talk to someone. But um, you get through that, and then. And again, this is me trying to catch up because we never really, you know, we would we would keep in touch, but we never really like spoke about it, like spoke about the process. Right. So I'm just kind of intrigued as to what, you know, what it was like. How was the transition and stuff like that? So you get on boot camp and then you get to your first assignment or you get what, uh, what comes after that? Uh, so after boot camp, you go to your A school. It's basically just mm-hmm. like, is there a school that's, you know, tailored to your actual job? You know, boot, boot camp is the generalization of just getting people like structured for the military. And right. then you have your A school. Um, so that was out in Texas, San Antonio. And uh, we're actually on an Air Force base. It's actually where the Air Force boot camp is, which is like Disneyland, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they get they get treated like little kids. But um, anyway, so you get out to Texas. And the first, like, I want to say the first, like, two weeks, it's kind of still, like, the whole, like, boot camp structure. Like, you know, you have to march to breakfast and all that. And then after that, like, you know, they kind of let the reins off you and you can actually go out on the weekends and you're allowed to leave base and, you know, you can get back to being kind of normal. <laughs> yeah. And I was out in Texas for, see, my A school was like nine, ten weeks or something like that. I forget. It was like ten weeks. So dead yeah. of summer, which is great because, you know, they have the river walk and all that. Like, it was great. You know, it was fun. Yeah. Meet meet a lot of good people. And then uh that's actually where I picked up um the canine orders once I was out there too, which was cool. I re- I remember you so you get so uh when did you get to, when did you get to Mississippi? I got to Mississippi November of two thousand sixteen. Really? You've been there for that long? Yeah, yeah, coming up on three years. I'm leaving here. And how I leave here in December. I... Yeah. <clears throat> That's right. Um, we'll get to that. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll get we'll get to that. I'm just you know sort of trying to catch up. Mainly to tell mainly mainly to tell your story, but mainly for me to catch up as well. Just being you know being a close friend. So I remember you would oh I don't know if, I don't know, you would send something out like whatever a text or whatever going when you think you're when you sign up to be a canine uh, when you sign up to be on the canine unit and you still don't have any dogs. Like what, bro? <laughs> what was, yeah, I know there was a time there. You were like, "I'm gonna be on the canine unit," and then it took like a long time for you to actually start working with dogs. Is yeah, man. Correct? So, kind of like backtrack. So, in a school, I had to stand a board with like 15 people, and you know they ask you all these questions. That's how I actually got picked. There's three of us out of the 15 that got picked to be in that actual like MWD program, which is like military working dogs. Um, so out of the whole Navy, there's only 300, like 360 of us. So we're like very small knit, you know, tight community. So it's kind of hard to get into, you know? 
So uh, at yeah. that, you know, stay in Texas for another 13 weeks for dog school, which was awesome. You know, it was just training all day. And then uh, got orders to Meridian, Mississippi. Had no idea where the hell that was. I had to Google it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like we, we get out here and they're like, yeah, you know, your kennel is going to be built by the time you get there. You're going to have dogs within the first like six months. So we, we're setting up the program here. So this was in 2016. We just got dogs and a kennel within the last like seven months. <laughs> what? What? So, so I literally been hey, out Navy, here right? for like two years without a dog, man. Um, why? Why was that? Why? Why did so that? there's there's like a deficit of dogs and. They're, you know, they're, they're switching their process now of how we can get dogs because we used to buy them from like Germany and they would be a very base product of, you know, the dogs being trained. And then once they got here, they wouldn't be able to make it through the extensive training. So then we just have to adopt those dogs out to families because they're not useful to us. So we, we're losing dogs that way. And then the Air Force is supposed to provide us like 30 dogs a year. And they just weren't producing enough dogs. So year after year, you know, they're falling short of their numbers. So now, you know, we're in a deficit of like 40-something dogs right now. You know, so now we're doing like a purchasing program to where like we're just buying dogs and sending them straight to bases and they're getting trained up that way. So it's getting better, but it was bad the first couple, like, you know, the last few years. A couple things there. Why why do we buy dogs from Germany? So... Um, (laughs) Yeah, let's start. Let's start there because I'm, I'm now now um, now that the me pointing out the flaws and stuff is starting to is starting to come yeah. in as you say that I'm going. Why the hell are we? Bu- why are we buying dogs from Germany? Their training over there and their dog breeding programs are a lot better um, than what a lot of people can offer here. So when they get you know brand new puppy German shepherds, you know they start training them within like months. So it's easier for us to purchase them, you know, with a base training than it is for us to breed dogs and then train them ourselves, if if that makes sense. No, it doesn't make any sense because my next question was going to be, why can't we – why can't you just breed dogs and train them? So we do do a puppy program through Lackland Air Force Base. And what they do is, you know, they'll have the puppy and they'll send that puppy out to a family to just be like raised until it's only like a couple months old. And then we bring them back to do the actual training. But the process of sending a dog to a family, an actual home, and then bringing that dog back to, you know, be trained to attack people and find drugs and find bombs is a lot harder. And it takes longer than it is to just purchase dogs that have already started their training, you know? Well, yeah, that would make sense if you're sending it to a family first and then ripping it from the family and taking it back. I think, I think now this might, I I don't know, it it seems like it could be a lot easier. I'm like, what? Because in my mind, I'm like, I don't understand why don't we just, just breed the dog and then once the dogs are bred, just train them, you know have each of the semen take them into their own homes for lack of better words on do you guys use that do you guys use that term regular like semen do you guys refer well, to semen would be a e3 
Um, so like, there's like different rank structures, but yeah, good. You, you can run okay. with it. Go ahead. <laughs> so, like, in my mind, I'm like, why doesn't each base just breed the dogs and then have the families of the the people that are on the base take them in and train them that way? Wouldn't that be the easier way without having to go through all these loops and hoops and jumps and 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 calling Germany and sending them to a family, then taking them away from a family and ruining them emotionally? Uh, at a young age, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. It does make sense, but uh, so the way that the military works is that the dogs themselves, it's it's going to sound stupid because we're sending them off to other families anyway. But the dogs themselves can't stay with us, even though we're handlers. So even like, I know it's it's, it's kind of hard to explain. So even though. Like, we are handler. Even, like, our dogs that we're working with, they just stay at the kennel. Like, we can't bring them home. They can't be around other pets because, you know, other, you know, like, diseases and stuff like that. They're very protective of the dogs. I mean, the dogs are worth more than my life, you know, to the military. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to explain because, like, the, the process itself doesn't make sense of what we do now. So, like... If you're trying, okay. Happy to do this, but okay, okay. So, all right. So you finally have dogs. Well, well, I won't. I won't say upper powder. I won't say upper powder. So, what, uh, what's your experience been like working with the dogs? What's that? Um, right. So, uh, I know I've experienced it on just a, a personal level with the dog, and it's your best friend and whatever you know. But I'm sure it's a different experience when you're actually working with them. So, what's that? What What is that? What has that been like? Yeah, man. It's so it's you still get that bond of it being like you know your normal pet because you're with them all the time, literally like you're with this dog. And for me, like you know, a lot of people like doing the bite work and all that stuff. Like, sure, I love doing all that; it's fun. But for me, I like detection more. Like when you're actually searching for the drugs or the bombs, because you see the dog actually like working and like thinking and like piecing things together like oh last time i smelled this certain scent and i sat down i got a reward and that that's how their brain works like for them it's just one big game which is funny because for us especially like when i was down in gitmo and i had an explosive dog you know we're, we're looking for bombs for him it's a game he thinks like oh once i smell this and i sit i just get a toy but for me if that dog right. sits it means he just found a bomb you know so like it's it's a huge, it's a big, uh, big difference in an aspect of that, I guess, of like really seeing the dog working and still seeing it as a game for him. But for, for us, it's like, well, yeah, absolutely. Life or yeah. death, honestly. You, you know, see that, you see that dog sit down, you go, does, you, does your, has, has that happened at all? Uh, so in, obviously in training, um, we do use actual, live aids um well, yeah i'm picturing yeah. that like, <laughs> like we use you, real you see that dog sit down you go oh this is real like there's something like you know something's something's up and i'm sure your adrenaline goes from if it's not yeah if it's exactly. at like a, if it's at like a seven when the dog is hunting because now you're right you're anti- you're anticipating something actually happening mm-hmm. and then it actually happens right and you're and then i'm right. sure your adre- my adrenaline is jumping just thinking about it. it jumps to like a 10 probably 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like you know, obviously during training, it's you, you know there's going to be your aids somewhere in the vicinity. You know what you know that you're going to have fines, but like when I was down in Gitmo and I was working, and you know I don't know if I'm going to find anything. You're at like a seven or an eight, especially because like you know we, you have ships coming in from right. all over the place that are just bringing supplies and all that. So you don't know what's going to be on the ship. So you're working and working and you can start seeing like maybe some change in the dog's behavior and you're like, okay, he's, he's, he's on to something. And, you know, maybe he sits or maybe he's like, oh no, that's not what I thought it was. And he'll keep working and he'll keep going. But you see that little bit of change and you're like, oh man, this is it. I'm about to get my first find. I'm going to have to close down this base and clear this ship type of thing. You know, it's yeah, your general in his heavy so roof. What has been... Again, I don't know how specific we can go, um, but I'll see how far I can, you know, push a little bit. What's been your craziest or what's been your most real situation? Um, the realest thing I've responded to, this is away from the right. dog, because, um, you know, I didn't have dogs when I first got here. So I'm just doing regular police work. Um, would probably be suicide attempt um you know, obviously you, you get you hear a lot about the whole 22 vets a day and you know that's it's not just like propaganda like that is real you know and it it really happens and you know it's 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 different talking about it than it is you know finding it you know so that's so that's you, probably act, so one you of the actually i've ever responded to to someone who too took their who took their life Yes, well, it's attempted really? to. We caught them in the process, and uh, yeah, what actually was, brought that like back to life. It's a, uh, it's, um, I don't want to say surreal. Uh, I can't really think of like the word is you know, but like your emotions are running high because you're like looking at what you're seeing, but at the same time your adrenaline's going through the roof because you know you have to respond to help this person. So, like, you have to kind of push your emotions out of it and kind of just, like, block that hole off and, like, just keep it, like, straight professional. Like, all right, I'm going to do what I got to do. And then once it's all done and medical mm. arrives and they can finish off whatever it is, that's when, you know, you just block it out and <laughs> hopefully it don't come back to your yeah. brain later on that night when you're trying to go to sleep. Well, so how have you, you know, have you been doing as far as, far as, as dealing with something like that? I'm Because for me... I, again, I'm an overthinker, and I, and I, for some, like for some reason, if something like I latch on the things that I know, like I'm getting a lot better now, but I think like for me, like something like that, I'd be like, oh, I, I would think about that a lot, and I don't know, you know, again, you and I talk here and there, but we don't get this deep, so it, it's it's interesting for me to hear this perspective, and I think it'd be interesting for people to kind of understand what goes on in you know what goes if they're not in the military what goes on and what's actually happening what these people think about every day and like you just said the 22 um i remember that that challenge that was going around a while ago uh on social media doing the 22 push-ups for the uh is is it per it's not per day is is it per day or per month 22 per per day per day 22 take or or attempt to or actually take 22 actually take their life per day. Being, sorry, you being in it, Um, you being in it. So honestly, and this is, and this is for someone who is thinking about getting in, 
or right. wants to get in. And this is for people like myself who just know my friend is in the military. I don't actually know what he's going through, but my friend is actually in you know, the military. Right. Um, I think it's a little bit different now because, you know, obviously one back in 2001, everyone just got sent over to friggin' Iraq, Afghanistan, all that. And the things that were happening during that time, right. obviously I, I wasn't in yet. We were in like fourth grade, but like everything that they've seen over there, same exact thing, man. Like you just have to push that to the side. But, you know, I think it honestly always comes back around. And, you know, some, some people just mm. can't deal with that grief and that stress. And, you know, they just feel like, you know, no one's there to listen, even though people are, you'll always find somebody that's going to listen, whether you know them or not, you know. But I think some people just get trapped up in themselves and they just feel like that's the best way. And it's really not, man. It really isn't. No matter what you have going on in life, I always feel like, you know, no matter how long it's been going on, there's always going to be that bright light at the end. Like yeah. you're always going to get I, out that I dark tunnel. I couldn't agree more. So I cannot agree more. And that's, it's, you know, you've been blessed enough, you know, at the moment where you haven't, you've been lucky that you have, right. You haven't, you haven't been deployed or anything like that yet. Right. Yeah. Not yet. Just sent uh like a mini deployment to, Guantanamo right. Bay, compared but that was to, like yeah, compared to what cake work. <laughs> so you know, yeah. for you again, you've been lucky enough not to have to see too much or too many dramatic, or I'm sorry, not not dramatic, traumatic um, events or situations. But I can't imagine the people that have actually seen that. We, I actually had someone that was sitting at the bar that I work at. Uh, they were sitting there last night, and they were. I was a little skeptical because you usually don't hear people talking about that stuff like how many people so i was i I was actually i don't want to get your opinion on it because the guy was like just openly talking about how many friends like yeah i had 17 friends that that they like and but he seemed like so okay about it and i was like i was like that's weird i'm like people that have gone through that don't necessarily just going around talking about that like it's not something they just post like so me, I was like kind of yeah. being. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be an a hole or a dick about it. But like in my head, I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, it's is he making that up or is he just okay with it? Like, is he okay with it to the point that he just talks about it, or does talking about it just help him cope with it? I, I was just gonna say, like some some people like just being able to talk about talk about anything. Honestly, like no matter how big or small, like sometimes just talking about it really yeah. lets them escape kind of like us with the gym you know but for them it's if they can just put it out in the open you know it kind of helps them accept it you know come come to terms with it you know that's crazy man that's just a, it's yeah it, it's a huge and huge sacrifice and i don't know too many people that can actually do it um you being one of them i feel very comfortable if things were to go south that you would uh you'd be protecting us so that's that's pretty cool man Yeah, man, it, it's been it's been a fun ride. It's, you know, I I've been to plenty of cities. You know, like I said, sent over to Cuba, which was cool, and uh, you know, only gonna get sent to more places. So, it's it's been um, worth it. You know. Yeah. So next is uh, Richmond, right? You leave you go to, uh, there in December. 
yeah, I'll be uh, heading over to Norfolk, Virginia, um, back to back stateside, which you don't see too often. What but uh, what, I guess they needed somebody, so what was they that? picked me back up. To back. Um, which is cool. Oh yeah, so most times with orders, uh, you'll have a stateside, which would be like you know somewhere in the U.S., and then after that, you usually get sent somewhere overseas or like onto a ship. Um, but luckily with canine handlers, they kind of were needs at the Navy, so. I could be stateside the whole time or I could be overseas the whole time. It's kind of wherever mm-hmm. Uncle Sam wants to send That's me. Cool, That's thing, cool. You know? You'll be able to uh, be closer to Philly so you can go up and see uh, the family and stuff like that. Man, I can't wait. It's like a five-hour drive is cake yeah. after driving yeah. 19 hours. Yeah. Down how, here, you know? uh, <laughs> how are – just to go on a lighter note real quick since we just got into some, some deeper stuff, but on a lighter note, how is your mom and dad enjoying living in Wildwood? Dude, you know, you know they yeah. love it. They're out all the time yeah, down at Owens and all that. Shout out to, shout out to uh, Owens. Power 95 um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to get home for that. We're, we're actually going to be home uh, in August for two weeks visiting. Um, so, you know, I'll be down wild. Yeah, obviously, yeah, I was with them living down there now, of course. <laughs> I'll have to uh, maybe see if I can swing yeah. flying back for that, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um that, that's cool how's, how's your brother and uh what's so what's it like not being able to be uncle play uncle because you're so far away from all of them and you know your brother with three kids now and your sister has a kid and stuff like that so what what's that sort of been like yeah man that's probably like just being away from family is like one of the hardest things for me because like you, you know how tight knit our family is so it it's kind of hard just like seeing them grow up through snapchat and facetime you know um but when i do get home it, it's cool um the first day or two they don't even remember who i am yeah but uh after that they start they start to, they start to come back you know and i get to play uncle for the you know like one or two weeks that i am home out of the year and it's it's not it's not terrible but because you know obviously not it's not terrible because i'm providing for my family and everything else but at the same time yeah, like you I'm know i do so miss I'm being around family that now with being out here i just thought Prior to us doing this, I was talking to my mom and my dad. Like, you know, they were passing around the phone because they were all at family dinner and stuff like that. So, um, it yeah, it was it was yep. it was it wasn't really, it sounded more like I was talking to my mom and she's and I kept I'm like what's I'm like what's the matter like what's the matter and I guess I should just assume that she's talking to me through the phone on Easter and not am I actually with them you know so gotta kind of yep yeah. Every holiday, it's gonna be like that too. It, it doesn't yeah. change. My mom, you know, we do the same thing every holiday yeah. if they're together. You know, we'll, we'll Facetime, and it, it doesn't change. Yeah. She, she still cries every time. I could definitely, see, especially <laughs> your mom. I could definitely, I could definitely see that. Man. That's awesome. Um, oh yeah. So oh yeah. Sort of bringing this to a, you know, to a, um, to an end point. What looking back on your experience thus far, mm-hmm. um, through. Look for a better way to phrase this. Looking back, just looking back on your experience as far, what if, what what has the Navy taught you? Uh, what are some of the biggest things that the Navy has taught you that has really helped to shape? Or I hate that I'm gonna say this. Gotta say, I gotta say it though. <laughs> to mold your mindset, I can't. I can't hate the fact that I said that. <laughs> yes, I, I was waiting for this. I was waiting for the plug. Yeah. What do you, What do you think uh, have been some of the biggest things you've learned thus far being uh, being in the Navy? 
Uh, let's see. Biggest thing I'm gonna say is uh perseverance. Um, because they they always push you to be better. You have to be better than the next person because you're always getting evaluated, and that's how you're gonna pick up rank, and that's how you're gonna get paid more money. But like along with that, you know, they push you to do better for yourself. Like you know, I'm back in school for my master's already, and keep pushing through with that. And you know, so like even though they want you to be the best that you can be at work, they still want you to be better at yourself as well. So that's probably the biggest thing. And then honestly, just like accountability, you know, I used to just pawn things off on the other people. Like whenever I, you know, would screw up before the military, big, Oh yeah. Like that's not my fault. You know, so-and-so did this and, you know, I just so happened to be there type of thing. You know, now I actually hold myself accountable for my actions and, you know, I, I did a lot of growing up over yeah. the last um, three so years. I'm sure you had no choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, forced into it, but I'm so glad perseverance I needed it. And accountability. And I think that's two things that, um, you know, myself personally have been working on as well. Um, obviously, I'm not in the Navy, so it's been me just on my little personal journey. But um, what's been your favorite part about the Navy so far, besides mm-hmm. working with the dogs? Just traveling, man. Like, I, I get paid to visit other places, you know. Um, I've been to Chicago, Texas, Cuba. Mississippi's real, Mississippi. real Mississippi is. <laughs> yeah, man. But so, like, my base isn't as awful as, like, I portray it because we're right in the hub. Like, I'm only three hours from New Orleans, three hours from Florida, four hours from Nashville. Like, I, we went to the uh, – me and Lex went to the Tennessee – Titans Eagles game um was like yeah. four hour or four or five hour drive wasn't bad but hit, hit, hit up New Orleans a few times hit up Florida a few times so like right we're a good base if you want to drive you know so like it's just, just being able to travel and see places that I probably would have never made it to you know and so you, that, you that's probably the advice for, for anyone you kind of touched on it earlier I think it'd be the same but do you, would you have any advice to anyone that's maybe thinking about getting in the Navy thinking about doing anything with the military um, would what would sort of be your your pitch to them as far as why they should take that jump and take that leap and and do that? Um, probably my biggest thing to tell them would be like, once you get in, don't don't get complacent. Like, don't just okay, I'm in, and get trapped in the same mindset of what you're in in the civilian world because it's very very easy to get complacent in the military. You're getting a paycheck every two weeks, no matter what. You know whether you're advancing yourself or you're not so like don't stop working on yourself just because you're in the military you know keep picking up the books keep learning keep trying to grow yourself and keep like advancing that message, type of thing. Like that message a lot and then lastly what has it been like to have that support I, I think it's unique that you were able to bring lex along the journey right i think it's pretty i i, I think i don't think a lot of people get to do that right at the beginning yeah. right like maybe you you meet someone while you're while you're throughout your travels and it happens but you were able to do it from from the jump like from right day one you were able to do that what yeah how's that how's that helped you uh sort of yeah man. get through your time and maybe not the most exciting of places it was yeah it was a it was like a blessing in disguise like meeting her man like um we were both obviously like joined at the same at, you know around the same time and uh at first we were separated. Like I, I left for boot camp, 
and then halfway through my boot camp, she was getting to boot camp. So the first like first like six or seven months, we were separated and, you know, just surviving through letters, phone calls. And, you know, we would fly out to each other every couple months. And, you know, that was that was one of the toughest parts of it. But we were both going through it at the same time. So, like, having somebody else that's going through the same crap that you're going through makes it that much easier. And then, uh, you know, once she finished up and she moved out here, man, like, we just been crushing it. Like, she's graduating uh, dental assistant school, uh, going to continue on hygiene school. You know, she she's put, yeah. you know, pushed me to really get back in, in school myself. And like, it, it's just cool to have that other teammate, that other partner that really wants to help you succeed. It, it, it makes it a hell awesome, of a lot easier, man. It's it awesome. really does. Well, I think that was, I think that was really cool. I think that was, it was a unique, uh, I was, I was excited to see, cause again, we never really talked about that, right. The transition um, from, you know, where we're, you know, just being a Philly and then leaving, going to the Navy and then your whole entire time. We never really talked, we never really spoke about that. So, so thank you for uh, being willing to, uh, to do this. Um, I hope that anyone who is listening was able to pick up some good tidbits there. Um, as far as I think we touched on a few things, right? You mentioned the biggest things you learned were accountability and perseverance. Uh, you mentioned just taking the jump, right? You were walking through, yeah, man. and I and I I've, I've done an episode about that, just taking the leap, right? You were at work one day, you just ran, you went, yep. Right after work, you went into the army, you went into the you went into the air force, the navy offices, right around us, and we're just like, I got to do this, right? Uh, so take, you know, not being afraid to take the leap. Um, I think were some of the, were some of my key takeaways from that. Uh, so thank you. And I yeah. appreciate you. I love you. Um, yeah, man, it's been all, it's love actually you too, bro. this way. And not actually, I like, just threw a normal phone call. I'm glad that yeah, right? was, <laughs> was able to happen this way. All right, man, I will, uh, I'll let you yeah, go. Man, for sure. I will talk to you very soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been another episode of Molding the Mindset. I will talk to you in the next one.